Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And this week we got a short list, but we're going to actually have some pretty in-depth conversations. We got our off-road wars coming. We have the anime review and uh, some possible updates on maybe getting Manny into NASA. So we'll see about that later on in the conversation, right? Damn, just put me on blast. Don't even ask me how I'm doing. Well, okay. How are you doing, Manny? Tired. Tired? Yeah. Well, farmer life. <laughs> farmer life and fishing overnight. Oh, that's right. You went fishing this weekend, right? Yeah. How many fish did you catch? One. Awesome. Over how long? The whole night. Ouch. Never mind. <laughs> hey, man. If I can just sit by a lake and just stay there for hours and not catch anything, I'll still enjoy it. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, awesome, man! That's good to hear. Let's get it. Let's get it going with our first topic. Yes. So you had some pretty interesting updates for the Bronco, correct? Well, this actually goes towards the Bronco and the Jeep, actually. Okay, so Jeep is now responding to a possible competitor, correct? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is that uh, the Bronco. There's some projection going because obviously the big thing about these vehicles is going to be aftermarket. Okay. Right? You know, the Wrangler has done these off-road stuffs forever, and they have a huge aftermarket. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if the Bronco is going to compete and stay a competitor long-term, they're going to need some aftermarket support. Okay. And what's the biggest way you support new technology turbo cars? A tune. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're finding out that they're going to have over-the-air updates. And apparently, in order to have these over-the-air updates, there's going to be a lot of, like, cybersecurity and encryption involved into it. So, what is over-the-air updates? I believe it's going to be, like, updates to the infotainment system, all the navigation, things like that. It could even be updates towards the tune as well. Okay. But these are, like, from the dealer, and I believe, I guess, because it's over-the-air, wireless like that, they have to have these encryptions protected into it. Mm Mm-hmm which is going to actually make it very difficult for aftermarket tuners to tune these ECUs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Ford, knowing that, you know, obviously they know their heritage behind with the Mustang and all the aftermarket they have with that. So they actually see this as a problem. They're not the ones trying to lock out the ECUs. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask you about that. I was like, why are they putting a backdoor if they feel like it's wrong? I mean, not a backdoor, I mean... Why are they trying to add this if they feel like it's wrong? No, I think it's just more of a general requirement for over-the-air tunes. Like safety concerns? I think it's more safety concerns, hacker concerns, things like that. They can't just leave that data open for Mm, anybody to grab. Um, Obviously, since Ford recognizes this and they see it as an issue, they're actually working with aftermarket companies and um, connecting with uh, SEMA participants to actually get past this and get it tunable. Oh, so like give them a back door, basically. Yeah, they're giving them the green light. They're working with the aftermarket tuners, giving them whatever information and data they need in order to make that happen. That's fucking awesome, though. That actually is awesome. And it's super encouraging and great to hear that from a manufacturer supporting it, you know? Let's get a Bronco. I'm down. <laughs> <sighs> no, I, I just bought a damn car. <laughs> I should have just waited and bought the wife a Bronco. <laughs> But uh, yeah, dude, this is going to be, this is great. I mean, that's already showing that they're already in talks with aftermarket 
companies to get stuff going for it. Definitely. I mean, that's how you build the relationship, and they already have that shit set in stone. And if they if they didn't make this backdoor, they just lose out. Exactly. And that's kind of like the biggest hurdle they're going to have is like, so if I were looking to buy one right now, mm-hmm. obviously out of factory, we you know, when we first did the review and talked about the Bronco coming out and the specs that were released, out of factory, the Bronco is hooking, hooked up a lot more than the Wrangler. Yeah. But the Wrangler has so much more aftermarket, which is super appealing to somebody who's going to modify, you know? Mm-hmm. Ford's biggest hurdle right now is that they need aftermarket support and they kind of need it quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would it would suck to end up being like the Focus RS where they have a couple year run and then it just disappears forever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of Jeep's leg up on them right now is that they have all that going for them. Mm-hmm. This is great to hear, but now back to, uh, I guess, the next part is the Jeep update. <laughs> the Jeep response. Yes. Well, it's not necessarily a response. This is something they've been talking about for a long time. But it's just interesting that right now that they have this competitor come coming a step to the plate on them, they're releasing this. And I don't, I personally don't think it helps. <laughs> so they have the jeep wrangler 4 by e 4 by e 4 by e this is going to be so, a hybrid electric wrangler hybrid electric 4 by 4 yes okay and i don't know about you but you know chrysler dodge hasn't I, I know been, what you mean i know what you mean chrysler dodge their engineering is shit honestly some they haven't been in the forefront of innovation and technology <laughs> <laughs> Besides just putting out fucking 700 horsepower cars all the time. Well, see, that's not in- innovation exactly. and technology. I know. I know. That's giant big blocks and blowers. <laughs> I know. I'm just making just a shitty ass comment about it. <laughs> so it's kind of like that's not really what you would expect from them. And, you know, obviously it's a bigger car, bigger wheels, a 4x4 system. It's not efficient for yeah. a hybrid electric car. It so really isn't. this specs out at. 31 miles on all electric. That's it? That's it. <laughs> That's fucking garbage. God damn. So it's only going to get 31 miles on electric. It's going to have a 2.0 um, four-cylinder turbo motor. That is garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which I just thought was super interesting just because, like, in the midst of this, you know, potential war, for, for you know, for from the perspective of, like, these Detroit Giants... It's Ford going to war with Dodge or Jeep, you know, with this um, with this four by stuff, you know. Yeah. And they're releasing out this half ass electric right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's a good idea right now. <laughs> it doesn't sound like honestly. It seems like right now they need to be doubling down and maybe upgrading their out of factory four by four prowess. Yeah. In comparisons, you know what I mean. And instead, we're kind of getting an electric car from them. That's not good. (laughs) I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll eat my own words later, and this electric Wrangler will be great amongst off-roaders, which usually love diesels and don't give a fuck about electric cars. I still say 31 miles is garbage. Well, it is. It's just that I don't feel like an electric car for like the demographic of people who buy Wranglers is going to work. Yeah. that It makes no fucking sense. (laughs) But that's their response, and I don't, I don't think it's a very good strategy. Yeah, would you pick one up? Hell no. 
<laughs> well, let's say you were going to buy one, either a Wrangler or a Bron- or a reserve a Bronco. I'll reserve the Bronco. You'd reserve a Bronco? Yeah. Why? Just better capability, better aftermarket than Dodge, honestly, in general. Well, right now it doesn't have better aftermarket, though. It doesn't have any well, aftermarket. The, well, the potential, I mean. Yeah, it has the potential. That's true. I mean, it for me, it'd kind of be a hard decision, to be honest. I mean, I like Dodge. I just hate their engineering, honestly. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, my biggest thing is just that Wrangler already has the support and aftermarket there. It definitely does. So it's also that bang for your buck, you can probably build a Wrangler cheaper. True. More uh, more aftermarket, more competitors, prices go down. Mm-hmm. Versus you know bronco it's gonna be a high dollar game for a while man (laughs) that is true (laughs) (laughs) on top of that nobody's really gonna know what they're doing so it's hunting forums who's the first one to do this and try to figure out how they did it definitely (laughs) definitely (laughs) which is cool there's definitely some uniqueness some it's gonna bring something fresh to that you know that enthusiasm but i don't know i i think honestly if i were be in the market right now i'd probably still go with a wrangler okay and I'm more, you know, obviously I love Ford, but I'd probably go with a Wrangler just because there's already that aftermarket support and tons of information on, you know? Definitely, definitely. And I hate hunting for information when you're working on a car. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always the issue. Yeah. <laughs> Are you starting to miss your truck yet? I mean, I still have it. That's true. It hasn't sold yet? No, it hasn't sold. Okay, it's still for sale. Yeah, it's still for sale. I mean, we get a lot. I've gotten so many messages, but it's always that typical setting where people just ask, is it still available? And the moment you say yes, they just completely ghost you. Oh, wow. And then, uh, like with the pictures and the info, I try to put out as many pictures to show every angle of the car, the vehicle, give out all the information all the specs and everything and yet they still come out with come out with these like stupid questions like like did you not read the bio like shit you haven't sold a lot of cars have you it's stupid and i'll take that as a no (laughs) no 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 i have but it's been mainly commercial vehicles okay maybe a different type of, of customer yes okay i can tell you from selling many many cars that's kind of the norm. I know. It's annoying, though. Yeah, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of the low ballers and and people trying to just, you know, kind of negotiate over the phone before even coming to go see the car. Yeah, someone already, someone already offered 12K for it, and I told him, like, dude, you're like, you're really low. It's like, no. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, let me know if you change your mind. He's like, the fuck? <laughs> and, like, two weeks later, he hits me again with the same offer. I was like, bro, like, what the fuck did I just say? Yeah. No, and and that's kind of the way it goes, especially like, you know, negotiation tip, never commit to a price over the phone. No. Because they'll show up in person and lowball you even more. Oh, yeah, definitely. I had this one dude, he tried to offer me a trade for a Dodge Charger (laughs) RT. I was like, like, it had what, like 140,000 miles on it already. And it was a 2011, actually. Okay, that's older than your truck, yeah. right? So I was like, he's like, nah, fam. I was like, because that means I have to put the Dodge Charger for sale. I mean, like, I'm trying to get rid of this truck. I'm like, if I just trade, I have to get rid of this car. It's going to take me longer. Yep. For the year, the high mileage and everything. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. It's very rare when a trade can really work out as a benefit. Yeah. Because everybody wants to trade up. Mm-hmm. It's not real value. <laughs> well, uh, how do you feel about getting to our next one? The time has come, because I've been enjoying this shit, honestly, for ghost stories. 
Yes, yes, yes. So let's uh, let's get a little format going. So Boo Nerd, let's get down to the uh, the background information, Manny. <laughs> so Ghost Stories uh, it falls into the genre. I mean, for the original, if we're talking about the original series, yeah, uh, it was classified as horror, sci-fi, supernatural, uh, drama, mysterious, all that stuff. Yes. And when we got to the English dub, it was just more comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was completely different. I mean, in general, when the English dub came out for this anime, it did not catch anybody's attention. They were just mainly thrown off at it. But because like it's dark comedy like genre now that for the U.S. release, it did catch like its own cult following. Yeah, I can see a cult following that. Yeah, so it was great. Like the. <laughs> The main creator for this ghost stories would be his name is like I'm gonna have a hard time trying to pronounce this, so hopefully I don't piss anybody off, but fuck it. Triggered. Toru Tsunemitsu. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he it was Ghost Stories was based off a book series by him and everything. Uh later then adopted by I think it was Studio Periot. I'm trying to think if I said it right too, honestly. Good enough for me. <laughs> 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 yeah, Studio Periods, and with the help of uh, Aniplex and Fuji Television producers, they help create uh, this series and stuff. Um, you'd be surprised. Studio Periods is actually pretty well known. Really? Uh, they did Naruto. Oh shit! That's Naruto a Shippuden. All the movies for Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, Bleach. Oh man! All the movies for Bleach and Black Clover. Really. And Tokyo Ghoul, which I have not seen. I've seen it. Fucking great. <laughs> Everybody tells me, but I never got the chance to. Their intro song is amazing. Isn't that really like slow paced? Yeah, it's kind of slow paced. Whisper voice. A little bit, but okay. it's it's amazing. I saw a video of Donald Trump and they put that anime <laughs> oh, opening God. on him. <laughs> she was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so that studio... Uh, That's some pretty heavy hitters right there, man. Yeah, because... This is not an anime we would think, well, again, they created it, but the U.S. release was different, so. I was ready to think that this was, like, some kind of, like, small studio. That just, like, didn't catch a good break. And, and just <laughs> fell off the, the map of existence. Yeah, but no, this is actually a pretty major studio then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, with the help of, like, Periot uh, so Studios. when was this released again? The original run for the anime television series was October 22nd in 2000. 2000, okay. And then it went up to March 25th in 2001. All right. Uh, so how did it make its way to our wonderful dubbed version? So a little bit of backstory. I mean, they don't really talk about it too much on official like documents and stuff, like articles and web links and stuff. But the show did terrible. Yeah. The so show it flopped. Did, it was a flop. It was a major flop in Japan and stuff. And so they just like put like the licensing, like the whole ownership and everything to out in the open for anybody that wanted it. And we had a little company called ADV Films here in the US. Uh, I think or I think they're called Anime Network as well. I'm not too sure. Okay. Uh but they did do they did buy it and they just told them like, you can keep this you can keep the script if you want to do with the voice acting, or you can just like rewrite the whole script. They if you just want. wanted to wash their hands of it, like yeah. get this off of me. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And so, with their help, we finally got our gold little nugget. 
All right. Well, that's our boo nerd. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's get into what made this one, since this was a flop anime in Japan. Mm-hmm. Let's see why we reviewed it as a hidden gem. <laughs> I mean, dude, the dark humor behind this whole series, like it Yeah, so basically for the listeners, what happened was is when they wiped their hands and said, Yeah, just take this flop anime, here's a script, do whatever the hell you want with it. They dubbed it as if me, Manny, and a couple of the boys got drunk and decided to do our own dub. I told you I'm going to be fine. Why are you so crying? Because his pajamas are gay. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I can't think of any other example, honestly, besides that. Yep, billionaire money is billionaire money. When you know I hit the lotto or something like that, that's what we'll do. Is we'll all just get drunk and dub some of our anime like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny because you would think this is like when people. I think. If you would be like a first time person to actually see this series without like any background information about it, I think they would actually think it's like an abridged version and they want to check out the real version, which then they'll realize this is actually the real version, yeah, not the pr- abridged. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I mean, it started off more or less okay. Like, I, you know, there was a little bit of weird banter that seemed kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, like uh, on the first episode, I think it was the grandpa that hit me first. <laughs> because <laughs> i think there was a little bit in the car but I, I wasn't sure what i heard and then the grandpa said something about no they were already uh, in the house was it already in the house at that point yeah they were in the house unloading and stuff it was like i was like i don't know why you want this place this is this place is trash and everything yeah and then he said something to his wife was like uh when this bitch dies i'm moving to vegas <laughs> <laughs> and the whole show is just filled with these like <laughs> Dark humor, political, racist, sexist jokes everywhere. They had pop culture references, musical references. It it was very entertaining. Very, honestly. Now, back to a little bit of Boo Nerd. The general storyline is basically that these kids move back to the parents' hometown. So, right, it, the what, mom used so to the live movie, there? Uh, I mean, not the movie. The, the series follows uh, the girl called, uh, what's her name again? Uh, it would be Satsuki Miyanoshita. <laughs> I always butcher up these Japanese names, honestly. But it just follows her, her brother, and her dad. They moved back to their hometown uh, to where the, their parents actually met her, their dad and their deceased mother. And then they later find out that their mother was like a supernatural nerd and stuff. And she helped she seal was, away bad spirits. She was the female Ghostbuster. She really was. Yeah. A dead Ghostbuster, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) But basically, they find her old notebook, and it's filled with instructions how to seal away these spirits. Like, just basically synopsis of what the demon is, what their powers are, and like how they were able to be be able to seal and everything. Yeah, and I mean, for the most part, every single one of them are pretty cliche generalization urban myth kind of stuff oh, definitely like the haunted doll they had the headless horseman style thing oh with the motorcycle yeah they had that uh <laughs> the ring oh yes, right they had yes. the ring like so they were all pretty much like your your basic ghost stories you know what i mean yeah and each episode just kind of had one for every episode another another little ghost thing you know i think one of the most funniest pop references they did was a. Uh... I think it was signs. Yeah. <laughs> with the aliens that are afraid of water. It's like, oh no, it started raining. I was like, but where'd she go? Oh, do you think she's afraid? I was like, what the fuck do you think this is? Signs? <laughs> <laughs> so the storyline wasn't great. 
No, no, oh no, definitely. The storyline was not great. It was just all over the place. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it was gold. Yes, it was though. It was. <laughs> um, they did break the fourth wall very so often. many times. <laughs> the last. I mean, the show wasn't really. You know, they kind of followed that general format of the storyline, but they just had a blast. I'm sure they had a blast recording this. Oh yeah, definitely. And they kind of like created all these characters and a different personality and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the one Christian girl. Ah, uh, yes. That yes. every other reference was, you know, Jesus Christ this, and the Mormons or, or was no the Jehovah Witnesses were at the door, <laughs> and she was, and even though she was a Christian, she was ready to go out there and beat their ass for being more like Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah, it, it, they just created a bunch of fun, fun little things for it. She is actually my favorite character. Is she? Yeah, Momoko. <laughs> So the type of school setting that we're looking at is an elementary school, and Momoko is actually a sixth, a sixth grader, mm-hmm. and so area. So she's the oldest out of the whole group of people. The super, the, the little kid Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, but she's she was definitely my favorite. All right, I almost want to say the little kid was my favorite just because that laugh will haunt me forever. <laughs> the laugh or the cry. I'm not sure. Was it a laugh or a cry? It sounded like more like a laugh, honestly. It sounded like a laugh, but he did it whenever he was scared and squealing, and it, it, it was just basically just like gibberish while laughing at the same time. <laughs> 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 oh God! So yeah, that's all throughout the show, and I mean, it it just seemed like it was a really really fun, I guess. Par- it basically is a parody. The 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 other kid, Leo, he he was annoying as fuck. I hated him. Which one was that? The kid with the glasses, the oh, big ass fucking the one lips. That they, the one that they characterized as Jewish. Yes. <laughs> yes, they made a lot of references into him being Jewish. Yes, maybe that is a, a side note for anybody that might be interesting, interested to watch this. Is as that, long uh, as they don't get offended. Yeah, yeah. Go, in, go into there thinking that it's humor because they do, they do not hold any punches. They don't. Um, there was one episode where they had the school, the athletic school festival. Yes. Or the sports school festival. They were trying to train train the little kid, your favorite character. Yeah, because the the ghost was gonna like try to kill him at a certain time or the race. Yeah, he Keichiro. Yes, they're the little brother and stuff. And so they're training him. Think of a big black man chasing you. <laughs> so yeah, they they do not hold any punches. It, you know, no PC. So keep that in mind if that's something that bothers you. But it oh, was yeah. it was a great. Yeah, they don't funny. they don't hold back. So just just please don't get offended because this is a really good anime. It was good. It was funny. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those that I feel that uh, I'd like to play at random to see if anybody picks up on what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Because, I mean, I was, um, you know, it's our homework, so I was watching it, and my wife was in the kitchen, and I have it turned up, and um, one of those scenarios came on where they started kind of talking shit to each other. Yeah. And she kind of stops, and she looks at me. She's like, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the funniest parts that I that I to me was I think it was the yeah it was the music uh, the music episode where they had the piano playing Beethoven yes and once the song finished that's when like uh, three times she heard the song finished three yeah, times yeah so and that's she, she, if when you she dies. hear the original if you hear the the Beethoven piano song playing for the first time and you have four more times to listen to it and then after the fourth time you you basically get killed by the ghost. But I guess um, when like the mom spirit just came out of nowhere and just I was like, look at the portrait. That's the ghost is not at the piano. It's actually the portrait. And they look at the portrait and it's like, the fuck, the one that looks like Antonio Banderas. I was like, what? 
Antonio Bandera. Yep. When they said that reference, I just lost it right there. <laughs> Mine was the, uh, it was early in the series where, what was that other boy that's in there? He lo- he sees the girl and he just goes, giggity, giggity. <laughs> oh, when they when they first introduced Momoko. Yes, yes. Yes. And he just look, oh, look, an older, she's an older girl. I was like, giggity, giggity. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I showed you that first episode, you just fucking lost it. Yeah, that was it. I was done. <laughs> And it's funny how, like, that character in, the, uh, what was there, Satsuki, like, they're always just going talking shit to each other and everything. It's like, you're, like, a fat bitch and everything. He's like, shut up, you, like, small penis and motherfucker and shit. Like I said, people, they don't hold back, so just be ready. Yeah, but you know what? Well worth it. It was, honestly. Well worth it. it it's not one that you're going to love for storyline or intricacy or anything like that. This is just straight fun. The last episode, they definitely broke the fourth wall so many times because they recognized it was the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> and she, I just lost it, too, in the last episode where, like, the, the final evil spirit was finally sealed away. All the people came out of their hypnot- uh, like hypnotism and stuff. So they're walking out of the, uh, the old school building and stuff. Teachers in the front and everything, all the students are behind me. And he's like, oh, what the fuck happened? Did I just screw all these children? I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that that caught me off guard. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like I said, this, this is something that they just said, well, we're not going to get an opportunity to just destroy something like this in an official capacity. Yes. And they went for it. They did. They went full send on it. It was great. That was amazing. So, yeah, billionaire money, man. We're, we're getting <laughs> the boys together. We're going to dub one over. <laughs> What would you, if you actually had the chance to choose, which one would you actually dub over? Oh, man. You know what? Just for, for impact's sake, I'd do Naruto. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, uh, a bridge already made a dedication to do that for such a big series. Oh, I wouldn't do the whole series. Okay. <laughs> it, it's not going to matter. It's just going to be fun bullshit. So yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do the whole damn series. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> that shit. I would do Pokemon. You would do Pokemon? <laughs> yes. Why? Because like all the animal cruelty jokes you can make into that shit. Yeah, that's true. And just like kids beating the shit out of each other and everything. True, true, true. It would remind me of South Park, honestly. Jim <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Hell yeah. I mean, it would be really fun to do, but I mean, at the same time, if you kind of look at it, you can tell it's not like a, a fan-made parody because it actually does have good, in a sense, quality in that point. Yeah. Lip sync timing and all that kind of stuff. Like, they actually did a good job. But definitely, definitely. You can just tell it was somebody going, well, let, just let me have this one. I'll just do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why, like I said, like for a first-timer that has no background behind, behind this anime... They'll automatically think it's like a, it's gonna be like an abridged series, honestly. Yeah, but definitely, I would say this definitely qualified as a hidden gem anime. <laughs> I give it an eight and a half out of ten. All right, I'd probably go a little bit more like eight. I wouldn't go higher than eight. Okay, just because it needs to have more than just dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Given these dick jokes were unique in the sense that, you know, like a lot of times, a lot of like um, jokes are kind of lost in translation from Japanese to English. Yes. Even when it's subbed, a lot of times it's hard to understand all the humor because there might yeah. think there's wordplay or things like that. This was made, I guess, pretty much by us for us. Yeah. <laughs> so 
we got the full effect of all the comedy relief in it. <laughs> <laughs> but you need a little bit more than dick jokes to get me. Yeah, passing. definitely. <laughs> they did come out with an actual, like actual translation, like legit translation from the Japanese dub to English dub. But they for that one, uh, they actually called it Ghost in School or. What was it called? Uh, I think it was Ghost in School or Ghost at School. Okay. Just to keep it separate from the Ghost Story English comedy dub. Yeah, boo, nerd. Nobody wants to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting just to see how different it is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I at the start of this, I almost wanted to watch both, like the subbed, because mm-hmm. I saw they had like a regular subbed version. Yeah. At the start of it, I kind of wanted to watch both to do the subbed and this one just to see how much more ridiculous it is. I'm pretty sure it's like a insanely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but after watching it, I enjoyed it so much. I honestly don't even think I need to make the comparisons. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I think it's fine just the way it is. I don't want to see them serious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was great. I liked it. We're going to see how what the listeners think about it. So if you guys uh enjoyed this section or anything, shoot us a message, DM anything, and let us know if you guys want to see more of this. Meanwhile, Manny, what's on deck? What's on deck? A boat. It's a baseball term, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch baseball. Uh, well, what's next for reviews if we do one? Okay, so next on our list is actually, if I can read the damn board. Oh, on a guy teacher. On a guy teacher. That's the one that was like, please, teacher, or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to be like a little bit older anime. That's gonna, I'm ex- if I'm correct, it's going to be like around the same time frame that Ghost Stories came out. Okay, cool. Or Early the, 2000s. Yeah, like with the art style and the animation and everything. Cool. So let's set this up for not next episode, but the one after that. So we'll yeah. do one episode for a review, and then the other one will do questions from the listeners. Yeah, definitely. This way we can kind of rotate it in and out and... See if people didn't even give a fuck about the section section anyways. <laughs> they probably got offended. Uh, we'll see. If they watch it, they'll get offended. <laughs> they will, honestly. <laughs> we'll see how the next one is, because I don't think the next one's going to be as funny, but we'll see how the, the rest of the storyline is for that one. Definitely. All right, Manny. Well, I got the next topic up on the board, and that is NASA? Question mark. Uh, so are we talking about the rockets? No, the space you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. So I tried to get you to go to NASA last episode. Uh huh. I'm here to update on that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of walk you through the setup beginning for this to sign up and see if we can convince you to sign up. And maybe anybody listening that's interested can get some information. And if they're interested, sign up as well. Okay. I'd love to see some people out, more people out of the track with us. Yeah. The next NASA event is October 9th through the 11th at Button Willow. Ah, so close to my birthday, actually. Oh, okay, nice. When's your birthday? Listeners can send you stuff. Uh, Love through the DMs. I, that, that never happens anyway. Oh, Fuck Ooh. it, it's October 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yes, this is the, the 9th through the 11th, and it's at Button Willow, which is... What I heard is one of the best racetracks out here, and I have yet to go to it. I've been mm-hmm. going to Roval a bunch of times, Big Willow a bunch of times, and I still haven't gotten a button. So Okay. I'm going. I only signed up for one day, though. I'm going on the 11th. I'm going on the Sunday. Oh, it's a Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So it's Friday through Sunday, but you can sign up for any of the one days or all of them or two of them, whatever you want. Okay. 
Now, as a beginner, you would have to sign up as HPD-1. Mm-hmm. HPD-1, under normal circumstances, requires a in-car instructor. Okay. So they'll actually stick an instructor in your passenger seat, and they'll kind of guide you and help you learn the course, learn your car, learn safety, the flags, proper awareness of other cars, and everything you need to be safe and have a good time out there. Yeah. Fortunately, due to COVID, it's a little bit trickier. (laughs) How so? Like, they just won't go in the car with you anymore? So on the website, it says that um, it's not required anymore, but it's kind of at at the discretion of each region. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100% on how they do it out here in SoCal. Um, From what I've heard from other people, um, Jaime, who um, who I still message all the time, he says they're not doing any in-car instruction. They're doing a lead follow. Lead follow. So follow the instructor. Yeah. Basically, uh, you'd be in your own car. And you'd kind of follow him around the course, and he'd kind of uh, guide you. So you kind of mimic his drive line, his braking points, and all that kind of stuff. Um, there are driver meetings immediately after each session, just to kind of uh, go over any safety things that kind of occurred out on the track. Go over what everything means to be safe, and tips and tricks, and little things to kind of teach you to be safe and and learn to drive out there. I feel like in the car instructor would just be better, though, instead of just lead follow. That's true. Honestly, I can't really argue with you much on there. Because to me, I mean, this is just my opinion, honestly. I feel like I would only pay attention to the car in front of me instead of actually paying attention to my surroundings, honestly. Well, that's all cognitive of you, though. Mm -hmm. So, like, even with an in-car instructor, it's something that he don't know if you're only looking at the car. True. (laughs) It's still something you kind of have to get yourself used to of being aware of what's around you, making sure there's not somebody coming up hot behind you, ready to pass you, watching your flag stations that they're not flagging like, hey, there's a hazard on the road or hey, stop. Like, yeah, you're leaking. You know, the the flags are there to protect either from what's up ahead of you or, hey, they can point it at you and go, hey, you might be leaking oil or coolant or something. They're trying to flag you to come into the pits and go, hey, let's check if you're okay." you know? Yeah. There's a lot of things you need to pay attention to, but that's all part of the learning stuff. Yeah. I guess really the lead follow is an ideal, but it's a start. And just getting you out there, the more you're out there, the better you'll get, the more aware you'll be of your surroundings, and the better it'll be. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they won't like do like high speeds like how they would expect you to do if you didn't have instructor, right? Or they, were, or they would try to actually make you push you to follow the leader. Well, you're going to follow the leader, but they're not going to go full-blown race and just dust you guys. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, the follow lead, they're going to actually go pretty slow and make sure you guys are following mm-hmm. and actually picking up what they're doing. So yeah. it's not going to be like total hands-off. They're still going to talk to you and go, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to that. Watch out for this or that, you know? Yeah. So it's still going to be some instruction. They're just not going to be inside of the car with you. Mm-hmm. It's still some benefit to it. Okay. And honestly, the biggest thing you can do is seat time. So the more you're out there, the better and easier it'll be. Okay. It's really intimidating at first, but it's definitely worth it. And um, I think you'll have a shit ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet, honestly. I mean, I'm not sure how the lead and follow exactly works. Like I said, I haven't been um, back to a NASA event since this COVID stuff happened, but... I know normally what they do is they try to stick an instructor with you that drives a similar vehicle. Yeah. 
So if you're rear-wheel drive, high horsepower, they're going to try to stick you with somebody that drives that same type of setup. Mm-hmm. When I went in the, in the Type R, obviously I was front-wheel drive, so they gave me a front-wheel drive guy that competed. That was actually Jaime. So they give you somebody that knows your platform well enough to actually teach you about it well. Yeah. So it, it's still going to help. You're going to have a blast either way. It's just, yeah, the in-car instruction is kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think to sign up the first time is like $200 for this event. Uh-huh. And that's because of the instruction. They charge a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if you need to buy a membership. I did, but the membership's like 45 bucks for the year. Mm-hmm. And I bought a membership just because I'm planning to go through all their HPD um, learning program. And the way that basically works is they have HPD 1 through 4. And as you progress through those, those are kind of like your ways of going to get like a competition license so that you can do Spec Miata, the E36 class, or whatever actual racing or time trials class you want to yeah. do. Until then, you're kind of, they group up um, usually like HPD 1 and 2 together and then 3 and 4 together. Okay. And this is like where I'll need like door numbers, right? Yes, yes. So the door numbers are basically like just to help identify the car. Are you able to choose them or does NASA give you the numbers? Uh, you choose them. Oh, okay. When you register, you choose them. But uh, is it like a first time for uh, first uh, or first, first come, come for first serve. serve on the number? or No, 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 no. You can choose them. I think mostly because they want you to have at least like a three digit number. Uh-huh. So like the likelihood of another, like let's say for your car, for instance, another white Mustang with the same three digit number is pretty unlikely. Oh, uh, okay, okay. They so might choose the same number, but it might be a Subaru or it might be, you know what I mean? It's something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure the competitions actually work differently, but for HPD, it's more about like identification. Yeah. So, like, let's say you were out on the track and you did a total dick move or a big accident or a mistake, you know, that almost caused an accident or something. And they're not just calling out, oh, it was the Mustang, it was the Mustang. They can, or it was the white Mustang and there's two white Mustangs. They can say, oh, it was the white Mustang number 134 or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all they're really used for for HPD, honestly. Okay. So, it, you can pretty much choose whatever you want. I mean, I went there with numbers that I had been using for other events. <laughs> so I just transferred those over when I registered. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, so I'm planning to go. Um, I already bought my ticket, and I'm going to start getting the oil change done. I'm going to change the trans fluid, coolant, everything, and get the, the Type R all prepped up for it. Nice, nice. Um, what percentage would you say you are about registering right now? What do you mean by percentage? Like, what percentage are you about? Like, yes, I'm going to register and go track the car. Probably like a 75%. Like a 75? What do you need to know to get you to like 80, 90? Just prep, honestly. Prep? Like what? Tires, oil, all this other stuff. What What I'll need, basically. Yes. Well, didn't you just get oil from uh from TFT? Yeah, I already did the oil change, so I don't know if I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to do it again before the day no. Um, for how many miles you do on your car? Probably not, but you could. Okay. Because you don't really put a ton of miles on your car. No. So, especially especially now that I have the daily. Yeah, especially now that you have the daily, I think you should be fine. 
Um, definitely, if you need tires, get your tires done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm guessing I'm going to need... I'm, I know this is like for sure, but I'm guessing I'm going to need a helmet. Yes. You'll need a helmet for sure. I'll show you where to pick one up. Okay. As long as it doesn't break the bank. <laughs> no. No. There's some good reasonably priced ones. Um, I usually order from We Don't Lift. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember them. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a really good guy. He's based out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has all type, all t- all kinds of uh, racing safety equipment, and he's a really good dude. So okay, definitely. Nice. I'll, I'll show you the website, and I'm, he has some good uh, good options on there for it. For sure. Anything else? Hmm. We can knock out your brakes just to kind of solidify that, just in case too, if you want. Oh yeah, the brakes. Completely forgot about that. Yeah, we can also do like a. Maybe siphon out some coolant and replace it with water wetter. Oh, okay. Just to kind of help with your temperatures a little bit. But like I said, I, I don't think you're really going to need that. Mm-hmm. Your first time out, you're not going to be pushing the car hard enough to where you're going to overheat or... Yeah, I don't even think that's going to be possible. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll definitely have some fun. All right. Because uh, I was uh, messaging Jaime and he said that if... If he needs to talk to you, he'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'll get my teacher to tell on you, and you know. <laughs> hey, man! I mean, if it just brings more like reassurance, honestly, I mean, it helps. Yeah, and and you know, he's he's been doing it for a long time. He's one of the instructors, so he'll actually tell you a little bit better detail how it works. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll bring him out one of these days to come out and give the all the listeners a good rundown to the program. Yeah, that's actually how I got into the program. Jaime was a guest on our buddies at 91, oh, okay. 91 Octane. Yeah. He was a guest over there. I heard him on the podcast, and I was like, cool, I'm going to go sign up. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go sign up, and as luck would have it, and small world stuff, when I signed up, he ended up being my instructor. Okay. So he got in the car, and I was like, Jaime, I was like, do you know the guys from 91? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, you're the reason I signed up to NASA. <laughs> <laughs> So, super small world. It was really cool. Nice, nice. But, yeah, so it sounds like we're going to get you signed up. I know uh, Scott was asking me from TFT. Mm -hmm. He was asking me about NASA. I think him and uh, Eleven Motorsports are thinking about signing up. Oh, Ron and them? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I was telling him it might be a good one for for Ron to go and flex because he's obviously way more experienced. Maybe he can get into Spec Miata over there. Yeah, if I'm correct... Uh, Scott is not going to be racing the Infinity. No? It's going to be Ron doing the driving. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'm curious to see what he puts down out there. <laughs> I think they're going out this uh, this next weekend coming, right? Yeah. Oh, very nice. Well, shout out to Eleven Motorsports. <laughs> actually, I think it's actually this weekend. It's this weekend? Yes. Oh, all right. Yes, actually, yeah. August 29th. I remember the date, and that's this weekend. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I, uh, I know it's not like this past one or whatever. It has to be this one because he asked me for a bunch of uh, stickers. Yeah. So I actually have them plotting out in the other room. <laughs> nice, nice. But all right. Well, it sounds like we're going to be uh, coming off the podcast and ordering you a NASA ticket, Manny. Probably. <laughs> nice. I'm digging it. <laughs> Let's see how many more people we can pull. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, if we can take a whole group of people, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable, honestly. Yeah, it'll be... Honestly, dude, I, I enjoyed it so much the first time I went. It's it's 
a whole bunch of like every car level you can imagine mm-hmm. everything from the project garage build to the kind of like factory stock performance cars to yeah. full high-end blown race cars garage blown race cars like <laughs> it's actually really awesome to see all the different types of vehicles that are out there definitely definitely and it's entertaining to see like it's mm-hmm. it's really cool to see so it it's a great time um my wife the first time i took her to one of the events she kind of thought she was going to be stuck underneath like the canopy and the shade and just like i'm just going to play the nintendo the whole time and then and just kind of heat it out until it's over (laughs) (laughs) but she actually enjoyed watching it so much she was like running around from the areas on areas where she's able to walk by and like take pictures from the track you know oh that's cool nice yeah so like she actually enjoyed spectating as well and i think we talked about this before that i actually kind of find it kind of sad that there's not more spectating at these racing events Mm -hmm. you know like they're fun they're better than any car show even spectating is better than any car show to go and see the cars and see everybody going full send at the track you know yeah so yeah, anybody anybody listening that wants to sign up, you have any questions, let me know. I'll answer anything I could to get anybody out there. Definitely, definitely. We can send up a full. We'll set up a full unaccepted convoy out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're buying you a ticket after this, Manny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Manny, next we have uh, some project updates, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so I did get some. Uh, this is just mainly just for the Toyota pickup, just like small maintenance, tune-ups, all this other stuff. Just trying to get it like healthy and running, just for I can just basically keep up with the maintenance on myself, than knowing that I already did it. Yeah. Um, distributor, the rotor inside the distributor, spark plug, spark plug wires. I did notice that after I changed all that, it was like not breathing properly. I think that it was having a hard time trying to accelerate. I'd be already in fifth gear and it wouldn't even try to go past 60 miles per hour and not in my foot would already be planted to the floor, basically. Okay. And like I said, I only noticed this after I changed the distributor and everything. Basically, basically just the distributor. I didn't get a really chance to check it out after I did the spark plugs because I didn't do all this shit all at once. How did your spark plugs look? They were burnt. They were burnt? Yeah. They were roasted. Okay, but they weren't like fouled or anything? No. Okay. No, they were just roasted. Um, I didn't get a chance to actually drive it after I changed the spark plugs, but the next day, that's when I did the distributor. But I did move it, and I didn't feel any difference. I felt still the same as before I changed the spark plugs. And then after that, once I did the distributor and actually tried driving it, and with the spark plug wires, I just noticed that it was just like vibrating more. Okay, you did the wires as well? Yes, OEM, because I just feel like better quality than just like from auto parts stores and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, I did get a new battery on it because the battery was just too small and it wasn't compatible for the truck. And I kind of had like this thought, like maybe I'm already, I mean, since the intake is not for the truck, appropriate for the truck, it's not even correct for the truck. Like I had this kind of like idea, like what if I'm like already utilizing the whole motor with the power and the spark and everything. But now that I'm, giving more power to it in terms of like you're not getting enough air i'm not getting enough air that's what i'm thinking like what do you think do you think so well i saw your intake and it definitely looks kind of uh hacked and chopped yeah (laughs) so i i mean i would 
I would definitely change that out back to something more factory style because mm-hmm. it looked like somebody kind of just grabbed random tubes and couplers and made it fit in a sense. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I would go for that first, but... I did keep the distributor cap, so I plan to swap out the new one with the old one just in case to see if they didn't give me a defective distributor cap. Yeah. So I just made sure I kept that, so... Probably tomorrow I'll be doing all that swapping again just to see where it changed after a certain point. Okay. Basically, I would basically, say, just, basically just retracting my steps. Yeah, I would say last thing to do too is um, since you basically just uh, swapped everything out mm-hmm. and judging from that intake of how they kind of put that together, I would double check your timing that everything's locked in correctly as well. Mm, okay, I see what you mean. Because if they, you know, it's an older truck, Grubby little hands have been in there doing janky stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like with any old 80s car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I would always double check your timing. Yeah. Um, Take your timing gun, check it out, and if it's off, adjust it correctly. Because okay. that usually will make a huge difference. And even sometimes by accident when changing out your distributor, you could have accidentally nudged it one way or the other and just brought the timing off a little bit, you know? Mm, okay. So double check your timing. Uh, Replace that... In- that hacked up intake (laughs) and see where it's at from there i would say definitely i did all the suspension work like just changed out the rear and the front shocks front shocks on the bushings they were there was no bushings okay (laughs) they were completely like rotted away and just like withered away i don't know how people just drive without any without ever doing their suspension and again the shocks were blown too so it wasn't just the bushings too (laughs) nice uh, I did run into an issue with the rear shocks after getting the pa- driver's side uh, locked and loaded and bolted on. And once I got to the second, to the rear, to the passenger side, actually. So there's that U bolt that holds a block acting like a clamp that holds the leaf spring and the axle together. Mm-hmm. And the block also has like a stud. But the stud has no thread on the outside. It actually has a thread hole in inside the stud. And so you would slide the rear shock onto that stud. And then with the bolt-in washer, you would bolt it to hold the the shock from slipping out. Mm-hmm. So once I started getting into the process of tightening it, but it, like, it wasn't even tight. It just like it felt like it had many rotations still go. Bolt snap on me. Love it. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So, Welcome to old car wrenching. I know. I know. So <laughs> it, it it gave me a headache. I was like, shit, how the fuck am I going to do this? The bolt, it broke off where like nothing of the bolt is sticking out of the thread holes. Like, shit, so how can I grab this? Um, and There was a possibility of me getting a thinner bolt, welding it, and trying to like take it back out. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to do that. But then it just hit me. We already have old Toyota pickup trucks for our nursery yard. And my dad already told me, he's like, if you need parts, just take them off the trucks. I mean, who cares? We just need them to get from point A to point B in the... In the in your own property. In the own property. They're never going to be dri- driven out on the roads or anything. <laughs> like, fuck it. I'll just take off the fucking block the and just swap it on, put it on this one, clamp it back on. Basically, that's what I did. I just All swapped right. out parts and stuff from the old work trucks to this one. <laughs> Granted, once I did that, I just so I don't have the issue of him complaining to me. He's like, see, you fucked it up and everything. Now we don't have a work truck on the sh- on the yard and stuff. 
once I got the old block put on that one, onto the old work truck, and the rear shock onto it, I did get a cable, a wire cable, and a clamp, and I clamped it as tight as much as possible so that that shock would never try to get a chance to slip out. All right. Farmhouse fix. <laughs> Pretty much Mickey Mouse shit, Mexican style. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's only to drive around your own property. Yeah. I mean, originally I want to touch on that a little bit, though. What? So, for the listeners that don't have all the details, uh, Manny lives on a, a good-sized property, and they run a family business as a nursery through there, right? Yes, a nursery that sells plants, not kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Manny is not Wayfair. <laughs> Um, ground covering plants, right? Yes, we specialize in ground cover. Okay, so um, going to Manny's house is always a mission. There's a gnarly dirt road you got to get through to get there. He used to go off-roading in his backyard. <laughs> 24-7. So my question is, you used you guys used a lot of Toyota pickups for putting around your own yard yes. for the nursery. What made you want that as a daily I've always loved Toyota, like the older Toyota pickups. I mean, granted, I was always driving on every day, and I just wanted to actually have one to actually drive out in the road and everything. My grandpa always had the older 80s box, uh, more box style Toyota pickups. So it was just like, it was just all around me. So I just liked them and everything. Okay. So it had a little bit of influence. Yeah. That it was always there. Reliability. I mean, that shit will last forever, honestly, as long as you do your maintenance on them. As long as you tie that cable to the rear shock. I mean, granted, those Toyota pickups we have on the yard, we don't do maintenance for shit. <laughs> and they have lasted us for years with ever, uh, uh, without ever batting an eye of doing a maintenance on them. It was just the other day, it ran out of gas on us, so we took it back to our shop that we where we do our maintenance on our vehicles. And we just throw in gas, and my dad had like... Huh, I wonder how the oil is. Checks it out, completely dry the dipstick. Oh my god. <laughs> and and he says he cannot remember how many years it's been since he checked the oil on that shit. Oh my Jesus. I mean, granted, <laughs> it's not on for hours. There'll be days where it'll just sit. Well, yeah, it's not like you're doing tons of miles on it. Yeah. I mean, it'll just take us point one A to point B and it will just sit there for hours, maybe for a few days. And then when we need to use it again, we'll start driving it around and stuff the property and stuff. But like when he saw that it was complete, he's like, oh, shit, okay, oil, get oil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so there was some influence from that. Yeah. I, I wonder if it would have been negative or positive because at a certain point, I wonder if it's like I would have, at least personally, I would have looked at it like work truck, work truck. I don't want to drive a work truck out on the street. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I guess it also depends on your the way you look at it when you actually did use it. Yeah. Because you said your grandpa used it as his personal as well. Yes. All right, I guess. So it wasn't just the work truck. It was also family members that had it as personal cars. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, yeah, because I would have looked at, you know, if I'd, it would, in that situation, if it was the work truck for me, I'd have been like, eh, I don't want a work truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have that issue with the insurance right now. I mean, they made me take pictures of the Toyota pickups. And it was like, oh, this is a pickup truck. You're going to use it for work. We can't just give you general liability and everything because you're going to use it for work. It's like, no, it's like, this is my fucking daily. If I have to use it for work, I have to put it on the insurance company that we have for the business. I can't just have a separate insurance policy for the business. Yeah. Because that just mix it, mixes up everything. Like, no, this is a pleasure car. It's going to be my daily, so I don't have to put too much miles on the Mustang. 
But now they just sent me a letter that I have to resend the pictures and then we have to go over discussion about it. And she was like, oh, man, this is, like, this is some bullshit. For an 80s pickup? Yes. Goddamn. Uh, I'm just going to send my arguments. Like, dude, it's like either we get this right and you guys agree that it's not going to be a work truck because I'm not going to use it at a work truck. Granted, everybody's already asking me, oh, are you going to let us use it for work? It's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> like your workers at the, uh, at the nursery? Yes, and my mom. <laughs> to use it around the property with the other work trucks yeah now. just to sh- just to move dirt around and shit <laughs> that's funny yeah did you ever have to do that with the ram uh we actually had it on the policy for the business okay uh actually all of our personal cars were in the same policy because uh we're all the drivers for the business so it only makes sense that we're able to still use our personal vehicles and have them on the same policy um, there was a few times with the Ram I did make quite a few deliveries. I mean, again, it was already on a commercial policy. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All it right. was just those moments where some of the vans or the work vans that we needed to make deliveries were unavailable, so the truck was needed. Might, might as well make it safe, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, dude. Well, sounds like that thing's coming along. Yeah, Harvest, I did. Harvesting the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I did put new taillights into it, the housings. Um, got some like nice retro looking ones. They look really nice compared to the stock ones. I've never liked the stock ones, honestly. Okay. Uh, I did order all the NRG steering components. Uh, shipping got delayed mainly because of COVID situation. So I'll have to see when I'll get that. Same with the headlight housings. I think the next step, of course, is going to be looking into the intake. Maybe look source an OEM one, or if not, just get like. Uh, good old reliable K&N. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always the junkyard, too. True. That's what I meant by sourcing one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just trying to get those things out of the way before I can start thinking. I, I know for sure I'm gonna probably going to focus on the AC next. Okay. Yeah, if it's a daily, you need AC. Yes. You definitely need it. <laughs> Especially the, how hot it's been the last couple weeks. Dude. God damn. I know. Work has been murder for me. Right? Yeah. Yeah, just like sweating in this AC office of yours and everything. <laughs> While I'm outside living the farm life, sweating my ass off in the heat. I'm going to send you pictures next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Well, yeah, all right. Well, that sounds like good updates going on over there. Yeah. Well, for that, let's uh, wrap this up. Call this an episode. Yeah, definitely. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find us, Manny? Yeah, definitely. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website, UnacceptedPod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast at. And um, if you have any questions, complaints, death threats, want to send an unaccepted rib, email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Au revoir.